0: Blog Talk Radio. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. This is Watchman on the Wall. This is End Time, End Time, End Time, End Time ministry coming to you from Warren, Ohio, going on down there to uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Uh my my associate will not be with me tonight, but I'm going over to LaBuck Texas. Let you know. Let you know everything gonna be all right. Let you know that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is on his way back to earth. Who's who's that? Jesus Christ is coming back to the earth. He's been gone for two thousand years. The gospel has been being preached. 2,000 years. Men, women, boys, and girls have been saved through these 2,000 years. Many people have been saved since the day of Pentecost. You say, What? Pentecost got to do with it? It was the birth of the church. That's where the church, amen, was conceived by the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. And from that time on, the gospel has been preached. It's been preached in hamlets, ghettos, been preached in the valleys, been preached on the mountaintop, been preached everywhere you can name. The gospel has been preached, and it's yet to be fulfilled that the gospel will be preached to the whole world. The whole world will hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. The church has been preaching it for 2,000 years. The Jews... has not had an opportunity to, to preach it for that long. The Jews are the one that brought the church into existence through God's son, Jesus Christ, was a Jew. And he came to his own, and his own received him not. But as many received him, he gave them power to become the sons of God. So there was 122, 120 Jews in the upper room, and they were waiting for the fulfillment of the Holy Ghost coming from heaven, by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, went back to heaven, stayed up on the earth forty days and forty nights, and after that was over, he told the disciples, "I'm going away, but after I go away, I'm going to send you some powerful on high." There was a hundred and twenty Jews in the upper room. I want you. I want you to get to understanding this because we're going to find out why is there's so much war in Jerusalem now. Why? There's a reason why. And we're going to find out in the scriptures exactly what's getting ready to come down in these this war in Jerusalem. Why is Jerusalem the focal point of the war that's going on in Jerusalem? What's going on? Satan. Satan is getting ready to try to take control of Jerusalem by taking control of Jerusalem. he wants the control of the world. He wants to try to prevent Jesus Christ from coming back because if he know he can if he can outdo and capture Jerusalem, he thinks he can prevent from Jesus coming back, but he cannot prevent Christ from coming back. We're going to find out how long it's going to take for these wars to end. We're going to find out who's going to be the winner. We're going to find out what the Antichrist is getting ready to do. And We're going to find out everything that needs to be found out to let you know that we are living absolutely, definitely, uniquely in the last days. And the world is getting set for what? World War III. This is just the beginning of the war that's going to occur in the next seven years. It's not going to stop. Nobody's going to bring peace. The only one that's going to bring peace is when Jesus Christ split the sky and come from heaven with the church and meet the battle of Armageddon. That's when Jerusalem will find peace. Peace. The Prince of Peace has to come in order for the peace to be on this earth. This war is going to affect every individual on the planet. It's going to affect every organization. It's going to affect the economy. It's going to affect the political, and it's going to affect the religious world because the religious world don't like the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, the religious world. I'm not talking about. The church, I'm not talking about born-again believers. Born-again believers, that they know Jesus Christ, they want him to come back today. Amen. They want Jesus Christ to come back now. Those that's not connected with the world and fooling around and all hemmed up in the world, they want Jesus to stay where He at. But the born-again, baptized believer, filled with the Holy Ghost on fire for God, is looking for the return of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ today. I know who I am. I know I'm looking for many, many. But I know right now he's not going to come right now. The reason why? Because Jerusalem has to be ramsacked. Jerusalem has to come on its edge, almost utterly destroyed before Christ comes back. And now we're in the preparation of all these armies, all these Arabs, all the Amayas, and all the Hezbo- Hezbollah. All these Arabs, the Muslim world wants to take control of the city of Jerusalem. Why? Because Satan says, I got to stop Jesus Christ from coming back. Just like he did when he was born in the manger wrapped in the swaddling clothes. What did he try to do? Herod said, I got to kill all the firstborn under two years old. Because I want to make sure that I kill this. Baby born in the manger. And guess what? He made a failure because he killed all them babies. He still did not get to Christ. And Satan said, if I don't want to ramsack nobody, I'm going to try to get rid of them before they get here. Because I know he get here, he's going to do something. And the devil now has been on the prowl for 2,000 years. To stop the loving God, the God of Isaiah, the God of Jeremiah, the God of Israel from sending his son back to this earth so that everything can be straightened out. Because it's not going to be straightened out right now. Never. Never. Man is not going to straighten out nobody can straighten this world out but Jesus Christ. And that's why he said when you see these things coming from, when you see these armies gather around Jerusalem, when you see all these wars gather around Jerusalem, look up for your redemption door nigh because Jesus Christ is soon to come. Before we go any further, I'm going to bow my head right now in the name of Jesus that somebody can open up their eyes and open up their heart and see exactly where we are. Father, we come to you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy. We ask you that your word go out in a mighty way that I can preach the word in season and out of season that men, women, boys and girls may acknowledge we are living absolutely in the last days. You're soon to come. You're soon to rapture the church. The Antichrist is soon to come. And we are seeing everything take place. And we want to let you know, Father, we want your word to go out this evening, this afternoon and let people know, get ready. We're talking about the preachers. We're talking about the deacons. We're talking about the church members. We're talking about every individual that understand the word of God and want to understand the word of God. Get ready. Get your soul right with the Lord Jesus Christ, and we realize the only way you can get it right is through the cross. And if you don't come to the cross and repent of your sins and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, as our Lord and say we know that, Lord, and we want you to open up our eyes, open up our heart. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. This is Watchman on the Wall. This is Elder G. Bazaar, letting you know, don't you worry about it. Don't you worry about it. I've been preaching this too long. I've been preaching this gospel 58 years ago. In 1965, I was preaching about this end-time war that's coming up in Jerusalem right now, because when I was preaching it, Jerusalem was in confrontation with the same nation that they're in confrontation right now. We're living in the last days, my friends. Let me tell you, I'm not playing with you. I'm not joking with you. I'm telling you exactly what what's getting ready to happen pretty soon. We already can feel it right now because a lot of people don't want to talk about it. A lot of people don't want to see it. But It is here. It is here. The Antichrist is waiting for a specific time in which he will come on the scene. And let me tell you, I know I I, I visualize that he's not going to come this year, but I'll tell you one thing. Next year, somebody going to have to come down here and straighten this out, and it's not going to be the Antichrist. But the Antichrist is going to come on the scene, and he's going to give a false hope. He's going to give a false peace, and the world going to think he is Jesus Christ. And now this war is going to try to manifest the, going to manifest the Antichrist, and when he comes on the scene, he's going to the Jewish people. He's going to go to the Jewish people and make a covenant with them that he will give them peace for seven years. Ooh, seven years of peace coming from the devil. Because the Antichrist is an instrument of Satan, and he's working on it now. He's working on it now. And Satan got the nations of the world going against Jerusalem ever since Jerusalem became a nation. When did Jerusalem become a nation? Jerusalem became a nation in 1948. 1948, he became a nation. And listen to what God says in his word that he's going to do for Israel. Amen. Listen to this in the book of Ezekiel. In the book of Ezekiel 2,600 years ago, God spoke God spoke to Ezekiel and told him exactly what's going to happen in the days of end times. I'm going to start at the 12th verse, and you can pin this down, Ezekiel 36 and 12. The Lord is speaking to Ezekiel, giving what? the blessings of the land of Israel and what would happen in the last days. Listen to what he said. Yeah, I will cause men to walk, walk upon you, even my people Israel, and they shall possess thee, and thou shalt be their inheritance, and thou shalt no more henceforth beheem them of men. Thus says the Lord God, because they say unto you, thou land devourest, up on men, and has bereaved thy nations. Therefore, thou shalt devour men no more; neither believe thy nations any more, says the Lord God. Neither will I cause men to hear in these shame of the heathens any more. Neither shalt thou bear the reproach of the people any more. Neither shalt thou cause thy nations to fall any more. Moreover, the words of the Lord came unto me, Ezekiel saying this, son of man, when the house of Israel Now listen, listen to what it says. It says, Son of man, when the house of Israel dwelt in their own land. Now I want to tell you something, not making a long story short. The land belonged to God. God gave it to the Jew. The Jew was supposed to have that land. And they were supposed to keep that land. And the reason why Israel didn't keep the land, they had to go into bondage, is because the rebellion of the house of Israel turned their face against the Lord God of Israel, and God caused the nations to come upon Israel and what? and make chastisement upon the Jews to let them know, I am the Lord thy God. Don't go after heathens. Don't go after idolatry. Stay in my realm. Stay in my will. Stay and obey me. And Israel did not do it. They rejected the word of God and they rejected their Messiah. When Jesus Christ came, he came to his own, and his own received him not. And because they did not receive Jesus Christ as Lord, Savior, and the king of the Jews, God brought chastisement upon them. He whipped them. He whipped them because of disobedience. That's why they could not stay in the land, because they went a whoring after other gods. They refuted God. They disobeyed God. They, they 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 lied on God and they knew that God had brought them out of the land of Egypt and they still went out the heathen. And God said, You're gonna pay for it. He said, Whatever you sow, you're gonna reap. And Israel have reaped nothing but tragedy because they have rebelled and returned turned turned away from the loving Savior. Now listen to this. Son of man, the house of Israel. He said, The house of Israel dwelt in their own land. They defiled it by their own way and by their doings they were way before me as the uncleanness of a removed woman they became unclean like a minister's woman they became filthy like a minister's woman and i brought them out of the land of egypt i took them down to mount sinai i took them all across the deserts of of, of, of of the of 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 saudi arabia and i let them stay in the wilderness for 40 years to teach them a lesson. And when they got up in the land along with milk and honey, they had problems trying to get there. They had problems staying there. They had problems trying to open. Uh, obeying God, and God brought judges. He, uh, he, he took Joshua and told him to divide the land. Then he brought judges, and the king of the, the people of Israel didn't want a judge. They said, we, we want a king. He gave them a king. They still rebelled. And then he said, now look, I'm going to send you the prince of peace. I'm going to send you the lily belt of the valley. I'm going to send you the king of kings. I'm going to let him be born in a manger wrapped in swaddling clothes. And they still rejected the God of Israel. And so the Lord said, Son of man, when the house of Israel dwelt in their own land, they should defile it. They did. By their own way and by their doings, their way was before me as an uncleanliness of a really moved woman. Wherefore, this is what God said I'm going to do to Israel. I pour my fury up on them for the blood that they have shed up on the land, and for the idols wherewith they have polluted it. Yeah, this is God now. This is God telling Israel, what I'm going to do with y'all? And he loves his people. He loves his people. Israel is the apple of God's eye. God has been with Israel ever since the birth of Israel. And Israel came through Abraham. And Abraham was a friend of God. And God promised Abraham, I'm going to bless your seed. And out of your seed, I'm going to rise up a nation that will obey. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And in the rising... He's still rising Israel up because Israel is on his way back. But before he gets back to the rightful place, God said, "You're gonna go to hell and you'll go to high waters because I'm trying to teach you a lesson." He said, "Now listen, I am the one that my Father sent. If you believe on me, you will have eternal eternal life. If you believe it not, you shall be down." And the Jews said, "No, we want another Messiah." Jesus Christ said, I come in my Father's name, and guess what? You won't receive me. But if somebody else come in some, his own name, you will receive me. What was Jesus talking about? He was talking about the Antichrist. Jesus Christ was talking about the Antichrist. When Christ came the first time, he came to his own, and he was a true Christ. He was a true Messiah. He was a rose of Sharon. He was a lily of the valley. And they say, we don't want you. Because you come in your father's name. And we don't want want you to come in your father's name. We want somebody to come in their own name. And coming in their own name means this is satanic power because the antichrist is going to come in his own name. And he said, y'all going to receive him. Y'all going to receive him. So I'm going to have to teach you a lesson that you are wrong. You are trying to be justified by the law. You are trying to keep Judaism. Because look, when Christ said when he died on Calvary's cross, the veil temper rent from top to bottom, the old sacrificial offering was done. It was done. Ain't no more of that. And the Jews are saying today, and they're trying to bring back the old sacrificial offering. That's why they want to build a temple. That's why they want to offer up sacrifices of animals and heifers. That's why they want to bring the priesthood back. But Jesus Christ said, he said, Jesus Christ said to himself and to the world, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can get to the Father but by me. You cannot get to the Father with Judaism. You cannot get to the Father with sacrifices of animals. You can't get to the Father by building another temple. you got to get to the Father by coming by Jesus Christ, because now Christ has paid the price for sin, death, hell, and the grave, and the blood of oxen and heifers could not pay for the blood of sin, it was a covering, but the blood of Jesus Christ can take a sin away, and now Jesus Christ died and rose again, and he's getting ready to come back, but he said before they come back, Israel, Israel, the Jews are going to go through a seven-year tribulation, and the seven-year tribulation is on its way, and it's on its way because when this war starts, it's going to last seven years, Good God Almighty, in other words, ain't going to be no peace pact. The only peace pack that to come is going to be a false one, and that's going to be the antichrist. Because peace cannot come until the King of kings comes. The peace of the, the peace cannot come until Jesus Christ comes back. Listen to what it says in the nineteenth verse of the thirty-sixth chapter of Ezekiel. He says, "And I scattered them among the heathen, talking to Israel now, not the church. The church ain't even here in." in Ezekiel. The church ain't even mentioned in Ezekiel. The church don't come until Jesus Christ comes and he tells his disciples, he tells Brother Peter, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And the only way he could have built his church. The only way Jesus Christ could have built his church is that he had to have a nation that would be able to bring the Messiah into the world. He had to have a nation in order for a nation to write the holy scriptures. And he had to have a nation that would live holy and show an example to the heathen nation that there's only one true God that rules the heaven and earth. There's only one true God that's the almighty. There's one true God that came from nowhere because he's everywhere. And since he's everywhere, there's nowhere for him to come. We're talking about the God of creation. We're talking about the God of gods and the Lord of lords. And in the 19th verse, it says, and I scattered them. Scattered who? Scattered the Jewish people. They were scattered all over the face of the earth from what? 606 B.C. until 2000." until 1948. They were scattered all over the earth. They were dispersed. Practically for 2,600 years, they were scattered from the north, the south, the east, and the west. He said, and I will scatter them among the heathens. What? The heathen nations. The nations that didn't know God. The nation that wish all kind of God. The nation that has never been through the wilderness. It has never had, uh, The Ten Commandments wasn't given to the Gentiles. It was given to the Jews, and the Jews were supposed to distribute it to the Gentiles to let them know this is the God of heaven. This is our rules and revelation. This is the way we're supposed to live. This is the way we're supposed to pray to God. This is the way we're supposed to worship to God. Israel failed in that job. They did not do it because they went after the heathen nations. And I will scatter them among the heathen that they shall be dispersed through the countries according to their way and according to their doings. I judge them. 20, 20th verse. And when they enter into the heathens, whither they went, they profane my holy name. Then they said unto them, These are the people of the Lord and are gone forth. Out of his land, when the heathen nations found out that Israel had been scattered, they said, "These are God's people. What are they doing up in here? Why ain't they in their own land? Why ain't they praising the praising the God and offering sacrifices to animals? Why ain't they doing that? Because they rebel against God Almighty. They rebel against the God of Zion. And when they entered to the hill, whether they went." they profaned my holy name. This is God talking. When they said to them, these are the people of the Lord and are gone forth out of the land. But I had pity for my holy name which the house of Israel had profaned among the heathens whether they went. Therefore, say unto the house of Israel, Thus says the Lord God, I do not I do not this for your sake, O house of Israel, but for my holy name's sake, which ye have profaned among the heathens, whether you go. Israel failed. Israel did this state with the Lord. The minute they got I, the, the minute the Lord brought them out of bondage, the minute they start sinning. The minute he brought them out of uh, adversity, the minute they start sinning. Hey God said, I wish I would stop this because every time you start up rebelling me and going after other gods, guess what? I'm going to bring chastisement on you. And Israel has suffered more chastisement upon this planet than any other nation's. They have been persecuted. They have been put in bondage. They have uh, uh, did things that God brought upon them because they rebelled against the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. They rebelled against the God that brought them out of the land of Egypt. And God said, now you're going to pay for this. You're going to suffer for this. The 22nd verse says, therefore say unto the house of Israel, thus says the Lord God, I do not this for your sake, O house of Israel. But for my holy name's sake, which ye have profaned among the heathens, whether ye win. 23rd verse, and I will sanctify, I will sanctify my great name, which ye have profaned among the heathens. What is a heathen? A heathen is a non-Jewish person that don't know God. God didn't call the heathens. He called Israel. Why? Because Israel was instituted to meet the Lord God of heaven, and God is the one that gave the Jews The laws and the rituals, he gave them the temple, he gave them the pillar of fire, he gave them everything that they need um, uh, to worship the Lord, and the Lord told him, I want you to be a great nation, I want you to be an example of my power, of my holiness, of my righteousness, of my love, of my forgiveness, I want you to be an example to the heathens. And the heathens don't know God. They had never got in contact with God. They haven't. The laws wasn't given to the uh, heathen nation. The law was given to Israel, and Israel was supposed to give it to the heathens. And Israel became so rebellious that they couldn't even give it to them. Why? Because they were they became profane before the Lord. I will sanctify my great name, which you have profaned among the heathens, which ye have profaned in the midst of them. And the heathens, listen now. And the heathens shall know that I am the Lord, says the Lord God, when I shall be sanctified in you before their eyes. Thank God for the heathens. When I was born, I was born a heathen. I was born in sin and shaped in, shape, in the iniquity. I didn't know God. Every heathen nation on the face of the earth is born a heathen a heathen will worship anything a heathen will will, uh, uh, will say anything a heathen will do anything a heathen don't know the true god a heathen knows only idolatry only knows things that they can see and touch a heathen has no direction a heathen needs to know and meet the god of Israel because Israel was supposed to be an example to the other heathen nation that there's only one true God. But now we're living in a heathenish time where the people of the world are living in heathenism, worshiping any other God, but the God of Israel, you're a heathen. Oh, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. What is a heathen? A non-believer. How can I How can I correct that? The only way you correct your heathenism, the only way you can come out of heathenism is not being religious. It's not going to church. It's not paying your tithing. It's not how cute you are. You are not going to come out of heathenism until you meet the God of Israel. And the God of Israel... Is Jesus Christ. Why? Because Jesus Christ is God Almighty in the flesh. He came to the Jews. He didn't come to the Gentiles first. He came to the Jews first because they were God's chosen people to show the heathenist world. Don't try to find God with a formula. Don't try to find God with your good looks. Don't try to find God with your heathenism. Don't try to find God but one way, and that's faith. Faith in who? Faith in the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I said faith in the Lord, Jesus Christ. Not Buddha, not Shintoism, not Baptist, not Presbyterian, not, not, not the KKK, not voodoo, not hoodoo, no other religions you can find God. You can't find him just by sitting in the pew in the church, listening to a preacher preach. You can't find him that way. You've got to go to Calvary. You got to come to Calvary. You got to fall down at the foot of what? The cross! You can't fall at the foot of animals. You can't offer sacrifices in animals. You can't build a temple and find God. Jesus Christ said... I am the father of one. If you know me, you know the father. If you know the father, you know me. He said, now, confess with your mouth and believe with your heart that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And the Bible said, I didn't say it. My mama didn't say it. No, the Bible said, thou shalt be saved. Saved out of what? Heathenism? Saved from sin? Saved from lying, backbiting, hypocrite, homosexual? Saved out of everything that God tells that heathenism practice because heathenism practice sin. They're sinners. They're lost. They don't have no emancipator. They don't have no redeemer. They just have a form of godliness and they ain't got no power because the only power that you can have to overcome sin, to overcome unrighteous, to overcome lying, cheating, backbiting, and all that old rotten stuff that's tearing people apart is killing church folks. There's a lot of difference between them. Church folks and a born again believer, there's a lot of difference. The lifestyle that a Christian live, they base their righteousness on the holiness of Jesus Christ. They put their they the, they put everything on Jesus Christ, and they said, "What Jesus Christ done for me on Calvary? What did He do on Calvary? He took the sins of the world." He took the whooping, he took the beating, he took the spitting, he took the kicking, he took the nails, he took the crown of thorns, he took the spear in the side, he took everything that sin laid on him. And sin killed him. What sin? The sins of the world. What sin? My sins. Your sins. And you, let me tell you, you're a low-down person. You're a low-down person. Listen to what I'm saying. You're low-down. If you think you can get to heaven without accepting Christ, you're low down, you're a conniver. you're a cheat, you're a deceiver. If you think you can get to heaven off of your works, if you think because you've been on the deacon board for 50 years, you can, you're can, low down, buddy, you got to come out of sin because there's a lot of people confessing, but they ain't possessing. They have a form of God, but they ain't got no power. They don't know what the love of God is. They don't know what sanctification is. They don't know what justification is. They don't know nothing for what I think I know and what I learned in my head, but they haven't had a changed heart because before you get to heaven, you got to have a changed heart except you be converted and become as a little child, you shall no wise ever enter the kingdom of God. Jesus Christ told him that the demon, you must be born again. If you have not been born again, God ooh, Jesus referred to Nicodemus, ye must be born again before you can enter into the kingdom of God. In other words, Jesus said, if you don't come and receive me, Nicodemus, and you die without me, you're going to end up in hell. Woo! What did he say that at? He said that in John 3.16. That goes for everybody. That goes for me, my mama, my cat, my dog, whatever. Woo! That Jesus Christ can save. And I know he can't save no cat and dog. He can only save a human being. He can't save you, fallen angels. He can't save nobody until they repent. God can't force himself on you. God can't pound it in your head or pound it in your heart. you got to willfully come to Christ and repenting of your sins. And here we got Israel in trouble. Israel has done everything but the right thing, and the Lord is telling Ezekiel back there, Ooh, in about 6 B.C., he was telling them about what it takes. I will sanctify my great name, which you have profaned among the heathens, which ye have profaned among the midst of them. And the heathens shall know that I am the Lord, saith the Lord God, when I shall sanctify you, set you apart from sin. That's what sanctification is. Sanctification means your soul is set apart from sin. It's not jumping and shouting. It's not speaking in tongues. It's not putting on long dresses. It's not wearing certain attire. Sanctification can only come by the blood of Jesus Christ. When he sanctified your soul, that sanctification through the blood of Jesus Christ, sanctify your soul, and now you have become a child of God through faith by repenting of your sins. And guess what? You have a growing. You got a and You got to grow. You got to grow. You got to grow. When you get saved, you don't acquire all at one time because you got to go in grace of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. There's a lot of things you got to go through in our word to get to that point where you can say, I know I've been saved. I got it. I know it because Christ changed my life. And since he changed my life, there's some things I just can't do anymore. And if I do do it, God will chastise me. Because the only thing a born-again believer can receive after he gets saved, if he, if, if he becomes disobedient and wayward, the only thing that can happen to him, God is going to chastise him. He's going to whip him just like he did David, just like he did Samson, just like he did Saul. He chastised them, and just like he can do a born-again baptized believer, he can chastise you. He can whip you and whip you until you say, I know, I know, I know I got to do better in order for me to be what? An instrument for Jesus Christ that I can be effective in my witnesses, that I can be affected in my walk with the Lord Jesus Christ, that I can tell somebody how good God is and how he can bring you out of anything that you need to be brought out of. And when you're brought out of something that you had a tendency to do as a born-again believer, you can tell the world he can do it. God can do it. Smoking, drinking, gambling, some Christians smoking, gambling, they're whoremongering. They need to be brought out of that, And God said, I'm going to whoop your behind. And there's a lot of church folks, born-again believers, getting a whooping. Why? Because they won't obey. They refuse to obey. They're going to do it their way. And God said, you ain't going to do it your way. You're going to do it my way. And my way is my son, Jesus Christ. Y'all don't realize, God's saying, you don't realize what I went through as a son of God, and Jesus Christ is the son of God, God himself in the flesh, manifested, seen of angels, justified by the Spirit, sealed up in glory, coming back again. And in coming back, the world will be in a chaotic condition. And it's in a chaotic condition right now. And the reason why, because people are not listening to the Word of God. They're not paying no attention to God. They think God is somewhere off on a far distance. They think he's in a mental institution. They think he's something in a paper bag. Some think he's Passed away and ain't came back. Good God Almighty! They're thinking anything to try to get away with the responsibility of knowing that it's appointed once for men to die. You got to die one day. You're gonna leave this planet one day. You're gonna plant some kind of roses or, uh, 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 roses or lilies. Somebody gonna put you in the ground one day. If somebody don't put you in the ground, if you are saved and sanctified, when the rapture comes, you will be caught up to meet the Lord in air. So you might not have to go to the grave. But if you, if you in sin and in shame and sorrow, if you haven't received Christ as your personal Savior, and if you die without Jesus Christ in your life, seal with the Spirit until the day of redemption. If you're not saved, From sin, death, hell, and the grave, you're going to die. If you die without Jesus Christ, I'm going to tell you something, it's going to bust hell wide open. You're going to bust hell wide open. Jesus said, Christ said, broad is the way that leadeth into destruction, and many go in thereat, and the world is taking a broad road. Church folks are taking a broad road. preachers are taking a broad road. Bishops are taking a broad road. The liars are taking a broad road. People are taking a broad road, and the broad road leadeth into destruction. And he says, "Straight straight is the gate, and narrow is the way that leadeth into life, and very few, very few people are going to make it to heaven. And everybody that talk about heaven don't mean they're going. The Bible says in Isaiah 5 and 14, 5 and 14. I'm just going to run there for a minute. Amen. Isaiah 5 and 14. Where are most of the people going? Let's see what Isaiah said. Now, if Isaiah said through the inspiration of God, you better, you better check yourself. You better check yourself today. Why? Because Isaiah said in 5.14, 5.14 in Isaiah, here is the evangelist prophet, the prophet of the suffering servant. Listen what he said. 5.14 says in the book of Isaiah, it says this, fourteen verse, 5th chapter. He says, therefore, H e l l. Therefore, hell has enlarged herself and opened up her mouth without measure, and their glory, and their multitude, and their pomp, the high class folk, and he that rejoiceth shall descend into it, and the mean men shall be brought down, and the eyes of the lofty shall be humble our zeal is telling us right now in the scripture, hell is going to be full, F-U-L-L, full, full of unregenerated souls, unregenerated souls from the Old Testament and from the New Testament, because in the Old Testament, the only thing that saved them From going to hell was the blood of the lamb in the Old Testament, the turtle doves and the red heifers. That was a covering in the Old Testament. And that blood covered their sins until the final sacrifice came. And the final sacrifice came that was no other than Jesus Christ. And when Jesus Christ came, he died and rose again and shed his blood. It didn't cover the sin. It took sin out of you. It destroys sin. It eliminates sin. And that's why Jesus Christ went down in the bowels of the earth to set the captive free. Why? Because now the sin that the Old Testament was in, that blood of the lamb and turtle does, held them there for that period of time until the blood of Christ was shed, and when it was shed, it took the sin out of those Old Testament saints, and guess what? They were qualified now to be and come in the presence of God Almighty, and when Jesus Christ rose from the dead, he brought them out of paradise, and they walked. Oh, good God Almighty. They walked in the streets of Jerusalem just like John. They walked. All the Testament saints that died before Jesus Christ, after Jesus Christ died and came back from the grave, he took those souls and got them out of paradise in the bowels of the earth. And he brought them in the presence of God Almighty. The reason why he was able to bring them in the uh, presence of God Almighty and himself is because that sin that they had was washed in the blood, washed in the blood. No other power but the blood of Jesus Christ. No other way that a man can be saved but through the blood of Jesus Christ. Because the soul is in the blood, and it was God's soul in the blood of His dear Son, and He shed it on Calvary's cross. And when He shed it on Calvary's cross, every drop, every drop, was shedded on Calvary's cross. That sin that you've done was paid for. Now, what's your excuse? What's your, what's your complaint? If Christ did all of that for you, and you going to tell me you're going to go to heaven on works, you're going to go to heaven on your good looks, you're going to go to heaven... On your mama and your daddy, you're going to go to heaven. On your uh, consistency of going to church, you're going to go to heaven because you're in the choir. You're going to go to heaven because you can sing. You can go to heaven. No, 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 no. God don't want your righteousness because your righteousness is like filthy rags. God wants his righteousness, and his righteousness can only be applied to you through Jesus Christ. Because your righteousness is like filthy rags. And all your singing, if it's not done through the Spirit, if it's not done in the love of God, if it's not done in faith, is no good. Because works will not ever, ever, ever get you to heaven. Works will not get you there. You're not saved by works. You say, by faith through grace, not we ourselves, At least any man should boast. Brother Bazaar ain't got nothing to boast about. I ain't got nothing to boast about. Nothing. I can't boast on what I got because what I got gave it, God gave it to me. Through what? His son, Jesus Christ. What is that? Salvation. What is that? His blood. What is that? His suffering. What is that? His death. What is that? His burial. What is that? His resurrection. What is that? He's coming back again to get a church without a spot or a wrinkle. And the only thing that can sanctify your soul is the blood of Jesus Christ. I hope y'all can get this out here because I'm getting ready to come on down and show you why we're having this big wars, why we're having it, because Jews are supposed to be in their land. And guess what? In the book of In the book of Ezekiel, thirty six verse, thirty six chapter, it says. This is what he says now. For I will take... Now, this is what God is saying to the Jews. I will take you from amongst the heathens and gather you out of all the countries and will bring you into what? Your own land. Who? Jews were given the land by God Almighty because that land belongs to God and God said I'm gonna give it to Abraham and Abraham I'm gonna give it to your seed. Who's who who's the seed of Abraham? The Israelites. And I know Abraham had other seeds. He had other other children. He had he was the birth of other nations. But it wasn't promised to them. It was promised only to the Jewish nation because the Jews was the one that came to Abraham. And Abraham was so faithful and so determined to obey God and do what he said, and he did, and God said, I'm going to bless you forever, and I'm going to bless you with the land thrown with milk and honey, and I'm going to give it to you. And if Israel obey me, They can stay in the land. If they rebel against me, I'm going to cast them out of the land, and I'm going to scatter them from the four corners of the earth. He said, before the end of time, I'm going to have mercy on them and bring them back into the land, and I'm going to give it to them, and I'm going to fight for them, and I'm going to defend them, and I'm going to let the world know these are my people through faith of Abraham, and I'm going to give him a desire what I said I'm going to be. So what I'm saying, Jerusalem belongs to God, and God gave Jerusalem and the land formed with and honey to the Jews. David was the man that bought a portion of land off a Hittite of Jebus in in the early time he called Jebus and that place where David bought became Jerusalem so Jerusalem was founded by David David was a man after God's own heart and he said David you are called the son of the you are son of the almighty i'm gonna give this land to you and you shall be the king one of the kings of jerusalem was david and david fought for jerusalem many battles were fought in the old testament to preserve jerusalem david fought saul fought kings fought they fought they fought and God told them when they come up from the land from, from, from Egypt, I want you to get rid of all the heathen nations that surround you. Get rid of them. Kill them. Oh, Lord, God is mean. No, God ain't mean. He said kill them. If you don't kill them, drive them out. Why? Because I'm going to give this your land. You got a special. You got a special job to do. You got a special job to do at the end time. You got a special job to do because you didn't finish your job. I dealt with y'all for 483 years. And I told y'all I was going to bring you back in the land. 483 years, God brought... Israel back from Babylon, from the Assyrian Empire, from the Babylonian Empire, from the Media persian Empire, from the Greece Empire. I brought y'all back. When I bring you back, I'm going to let you dwell in the land because you got a job to do, and this job has not been fulfilled because you rejected my son Jesus Christ. I cut you off. I cut you off. When you crucified me. And not only the Jews crucified Christ, the whole world crucified Christ. The Gentiles is guilty of the Jew. The reason why it was so hard on the Jew, because he came to his own. And when he come to his own, he come his own to what? Get them started to let the world know this is the kingdom. This is the nation that's going to bring the Messiah into the world and they did and when he came in they rejected him and by rejecting him they God Almighty cut them off short of 490 years now get this now 490 years God promised I'm going to deal with you he only dealt with them for 483 years from 606 BC breaking on down to 445 BC God had The Jews in Babylon for 70 years. 70 years they stayed in Babylon. And God said, since I kept you in 70 years, I'm going to deal with you seven times seven. Each year that you was in bondage, I'm going to seven times each year that would make 490 years. The 490 years was cut short at the cross. When the Jews rejected Jesus Christ, God cut them off. And when he cut them off, he said, now, since I cut you off, Apostle Paul spoke in the 9th, 10th, 11th chapter of Romans, he said, since I cut them off, I'm going to grab the Gentiles in. I'm going to bring the Gentiles in to stir up jealousy among the Jews. God says, since the Jews didn't want me, I'm going to cut them off, and then I'm going to bring the Gentiles in. And when I bring the Gentiles in, I'm going to save some of them. But my first priority is to save Israel. And since Israel was stubborn in receiving Christ, then the Lord said, I'm going to cut them off to stir up jealousy so they can accept Christ. And since what? And since 35 A.D., God with the Jews on the day of Pentecost, 120 Jews was in the upper room, not 120 Gentiles. The Gentiles can only do one thing, stand on the sideline and see what's going on, see what the Jews are going to do. And since the Jews didn't reject Jesus Christ, he cut them off, short of 490 years. So the Lord God Almighty, the one that reigns in heaven, owes the Jews seven years, seven years to fulfill in him dealing with him. And since they have been cut off for, for, since 445, since 606 B.C., he said, I'm going to bring the Gentiles in. And when I bring the Gentiles in, the Jews going to stand on the sideline and see what the Gentiles is going to do. And when the Gentiles came into the church and grafted into the church, because the Jews were cut off from the olive tree, and since the olive tree of the Jewish nation was cut off, he engrafted the Gentiles. Well, the Gentiles came in on about 12 years After the birth of the church, the Gentiles was grafted in. When they was grafted in, then God said, I'm going to lay the Jews on the sideline for 2,000 years. But he said, in the last day, I'm going to regather the Jewish nation back into the land. And when he said that, he meant that there's a time coming when the Jews will become a nation for the first time over the period of 2,600 years. Well, it didn't happen until 1948. In 1948, the Jews, I said the Jews, came back in Jerusalem. And when they came back in Jerusalem, they, 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 they got into the land. And when they got into the land, they tell me the first thing that happened after they became a nation. Listen at this. 1948, President Harry S. Truman made a declaration that the Jews got a right to have a nation. And when they have a right to have a nation, then they would be able to do what God has called them to do. And from 1948 until 2023, the Jews have been a nation for 75 years And since they have been a nation for 75 years, they're getting ready to gather back into the land and plant the land and build Jerusalem up. Well, they have built Jerusalem up, and now they're in the land. And since they're in the land, they know that they're getting ready to meet their Messiah, not the true one, but the false one. And since they're getting ready to meet the false Messiah, the world went intangible. The world went crazy. The Gentile nation went crazy. The Arabs went crazy because they said, we don't want them in the land. We want to get rid of them. We want to destroy the Jewish people because they ain't right. But let me tell you, if God makes something, he can make it right. And since the Jews are back in the land, they're preparing to do what? I'm going to tell you what they're preparing to do. They're preparing planning to build another third temple. This will be the third temple that they're getting ready to build. They're getting ready to offer old sacrificial offerings as they did in the Old Testament. They're getting the priests ready. They're getting the five red heifers ready. They're getting all this ready, thinking that this year Messiah, false Messiah coming is the true Messiah. But before he comes, Jerusalem must suffer great wars, great wars, wars. Ever since they became a nation, ever since they became a nation, they have nothing but war. Listen to this. This is news. This is biblical news. This is not politics. This is not nothing to do with politics. Nothing to do with the economical. Nothing to do with the religious world. This is God. Moving his hand up on the land of Israel to prepare them to meet their Messiah very soon. Listen, this is a timeline of major events in the history of Jerusalem. A city. What? God's city. A city that has been fought over, fought over 16 times in its history. During this long history, Jerusalem has been destroyed twice, besieged twenty-three times, attacked fifty-two times, and captured and recaptured forty-four times. The only city upon the earth that has been trying to eliminate and deteriorate and genocide the Jewish race by the heathen nations, to get rid of them because Satan hates God. Satan hates Jesus Christ. Satan hates the Bible. Satan hates three people on the planet. He hates the Jew and he hates the Christian. Two people. Two kind of people on the earth Satan hates. He hates the Jew and he hates the Christian. Why? Because Christ is in the midst of it. Christ is the son of God. Christ is the one that Satan met on the 40 days and 40 nights of Christ's temptation. Christ is Satan's sore thumb. Christ is God Almighty fighting against old Lucifer the one that tried to overthrow heaven, the one that tried to take the place of God, God eliminated him from heaven, cast him to the earth. And when he cast him to the earth, God made man in his image and likeness of his own physical being. And Satan said, I hate man, and I'm going to destroy man. God said, you might destroy some, but you ain't going to destroy everybody. Because God says, I got a few faithful people that's going to trust in me. Satan, yes, you're the God of this world. Yes, you got control of people's mind, soul, and heart. Yes, but I got something in there that's going to come out of sin. I got somebody that's going to worship me. I got somebody that's going to praise me. I got somebody in there that's going to lift my name and carry my name. It might not be but a few, but that's all God needs, just a few. If you got a few, you can turn the world upside down. If you got a few, you can witness to people. If you got a few, you can tell somebody about the goodness that He's done. So what's going on, preacher? What's going on, deacon? During this long history of Jerusalem, fifty-two times attacked, forty-four times captured and recaptured, sixteen times in history. That has been fought over? Why? I told you why. Christ is coming back to this earth. And Satan knows. Satan knows that if he can control Jerusalem, he can try to prevent Jesus Christ from coming back. But he can't do it. He can't do it. It's impossible. Eternally impossible this world belonged to God Almighty, and that's the land that he was born in. That's the land that he died and hung on the cross. That's the land he healed the sick and raised the dead. That's the land in which he will rule and reign during the millennium reign. So Satan cannot destroy Jerusalem. He cannot get rid of the Jews. He cannot get rid of the Christian. Why? Because God is the everlasting God. People don't even know it, but a saint is indestructible. You cannot destroy a saint of God. You cannot kill a saint, only in the physical realm, but you can't kill him spiritually because he's indestructible. And since he's indestructible, and since he is saved and sanctified by the Holy Ghost, he cannot lose or run out of salvation. His salvation is sealed, sealed with the Holy Spirit unto the day of redemption. So what you're saying, preacher? Well, this is what I'm saying. The nations that's fighting against Jerusalem now, you hear what I said? The nations that's fighting against Jerusalem now will make a horrific attempt to eliminate Jerusalem and to eliminate God's people, the Jews. And in doing so, there's going to be a whole lot of fighting from this day onward until the return of Jesus Christ. Let me get, get right. There's going to be nothing but fighting, killing, murder, bums, bums falling. There's going to be a judgment upon the nations that fight against Jerusalem. There's going to be a judgment on the people who are trying to refute that God's people are going to be annihilated. Jerusalem must be preserved for the return of Jesus Christ. The Jews must be preserved when Jesus Christ comes back. So what you're saying, preacher, I'm saying this war that's going on in Jerusalem right now will never stop until Christ comes back. But before he comes back, the Jewish people have a job to do. But well, what is this job? The job is the Jews are going to preach the gospel before Christ comes back. You hear what I say? The Jews are. The church mission is almost over. The mission of the church is almost over. It's almost over because really the church has never come out in the open and spread the gospel like they're supposed to be. They're not spreading it. The church is not doing it. Oh, they're preaching the gospel, but they're not preaching it, spreading it out. I mean, congregations now is all hung up on things and programs and financial blessings and blessings and blessings and blessings and blessings and, 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 and really not telling nobody that Jesus Christ is Lord, not living the life. They got everything else to do but praise God When they come down to praise God, they only spend three hours or four hours, and then they're going home, hear a half-an-hour sermon, and go home. They're not really having an outreach. Some churches don't have an outreach to go on the streets and preach the gospel because the world is asking us now, what's going on with all these wars? What's going on in Jerusalem? Well, Jerusalem is being set up now. Jerusalem is going to be the place where the Jews are going to preach for the last seven years. The seven years of what? The seven years of the gospel of the kingdom. The church right now is supposed to be preaching gospel of grace. The gospel of grace is almost over. And since the Gentile nations and the the, the converted church are really not fulfilled their whole commission, the Lord is going to do something that the Jews can come in and finish it what they were supposed to do years ago, and that is fulfill the last seven years. The last seven years of preaching the gospel will be handled by the Jewish nation. The gospel of the church is being preached now, and is coming to a close. The last church on the, 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 the podium is the church of Laodicea. And the church of Laodicea is called a lukewarm church. The church of Laodicea is the last church age. The last church age, the church of the condition of the last church age is called this. It's called either you're lukewarm or either you're hot and cold. He said, you need a hot, you need a cold, you're lukewarm. And the Lord says, since you're lukewarm, I'm going to, Gertrude teach you out of my mouth, you got a lot of lukewarm Christians. A lukewarm Christian is a hypocritical Christian. They say they're Christian, but they don't have no power. They say they're Christian, but they haven't been sanctified. They say they're Christian, but they don't have the love of God. They say they're Christians, but they don't pay their tithe in an offer. They say they're Christian, but they're not telling the world that Jesus Christ is coming back again. And he's coming back to get a church. What kind of church? He's getting a church without a spot or a wrinkle. He's getting a church that's whoo, that's been regenerated. He's getting a church that has been redeemed. He got. His, he's getting a church that's singing, whoo, what they're singing. They're singing about the cross. They're singing about his suffering. They're singing about his love. They're singing about his forgiveness. They're singing about his justification. They're singing, and they're living the life of sanctification, not with a high-minded, not with a self-righteous. A Christian always, a true Christian, will always walk humbly before the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The true Christian loves everybody. A true Christian can take the knocks and take the pain and the suffering as a good soldier. A a, a mature Christian is concerned about the souls of men. A true Christian is concerned about the young teenagers A true Christian is concerned about your soul If your soul is not right with God, young man Young girl If you out there film slamming and you having a good time Talking about I'm going with the crowd Let me tell you, you go with the crowd Because the crowd is going to hell You've got to learn how to follow the cloud and not the crowd. Because when you become a Christian, you're not going to have a whole lot of friends. You're not going to have a whole lot of buddies. You're not going to have a whole lot of uh, 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 bro, bros and sisters. You're going to have a very few people that's going to have an understanding of what kind of life you are living. Because this way, this Christian way, is a narrow way. And very few will find it. But when you'll find that narrow way, it's the best way. It's the saving way. It's the grace of God where you can say, I've been redeemed. I've been redeemed. I've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. This last church. I'm going to show you why we're having these wars. We're having these wars because Jerusalem is going to be used as the gospel center of the world. Here's the church age. This is what the church is doing. This is what the church is saying. Third chapter of what? Revelation says, 17th verse, it says, because thou says I am rich. This is the false church. And increase with goods and have need of nothing. This is what the churches are saying now. We don't have need of nothing. And know not that thou art wretched, And if you're a sinner, you're wretched. If you're a sinner, you're miserable. Oh, you say, well, I feel good. No, I'm talking about your soul. If you're a sinner, you're poor. If you're a sinner, you're blind. If you're a sinner, you're naked. And I ain't talking about physical nakedness. I'm talking about spiritual nakedness. Yeah, if you don't know Jesus Christ, you're walking naked. If you don't know Jesus Christ, you're walking blind. If you don't need if you don't know Jesus Christ, you're poor. If you don't know Jesus Christ, you're miserable. Why do you think people today are killing and murdering and raping and suicide? Why do you think the rich might have a whole lot of money, but they're living crazy. They're living wild. They're living saying there's no God. They're living saying I don't need God. They're living any way they want to do. You're miserable. You're wretched. And Jesus Christ said, now you neither hot nor cold, so I'm going to spill you out of my mouth. I'm going to vomit you up. In other words, Christ never have come into your life. He has never been in your life. Because when he come into your life, you become like him. You love like him. You shout like him. You sing like him. You walk like him. You forgive like him. Why? Because Christ lives in you and as you grow in Christ every day you might be going to church every day but you're not growing you might be going to church singing and shouting but you're not growing this is a personal relationship I'm not looking for you to help me to grow I'm I'm looking for you to help me to more understand the word of God help me to win some souls Help me To be on fire for God Help me to encourage Somebody else But you don't get in This in the house too much more So These wars That we're having Satan is working behind The scene This is what he's trying to do He's trying to prevent Christ from coming that. So the heathen nations that you are dealing with now are fighting against Jerusalem to get the land. If a Muslim, listen, listen. If the Muslim world and the Arabs and the Palestinians and the Assyrians and descendants of the seed of Abraham from, uh, uh, from his uh, married women, not from Syria, because Syria was the mother of Isaac, the promised seed. The only promised seed that God promised was the seed of Abraham through Isaac and Jacob. That was the promised seed. And he promised them, I will give you the land. And when you come in the land, I want you to do a seven-year mission. A seven-year mission. What is the mission, Brother Bazard? The mission is for the Jews after the rapture of the church. After the rapture of the church. Well, how far is the rapture away from us? I would say the rapture is seven to eight years. The rapture. But see, seven to eight years, within the next seven to eight years, the rapture has to happen before the time of the end for the seven years to be fulfilled. So what I'm saying, these wars that fighting now, it will last seven years. But before before it can happen, something has to happen, which has already happened, and that is war has already started about 14 days ago. The heathen nations, Habbalah and Emmaus and all those heathen nations, saying we've got to get rid of the Jew. And let me tell you something. If you think, if the devil thinks that he can eliminate the Jews and go over there and conquer that land, they are a fool and a double fool. And if that happens, that means God's word is not worth reading. If that, I said, if that's, if that's going to happen, don't even read the word of God. The wars that's getting ready to come up, if, if they don't happen, don't even read it no more. Because no nation on this planet is going to take over Jerusalem and take over God's people. No planet, no nation can touch God's plan, period. So this war is going on. This war will go on until 2030. But that ain't all. This is the beginning of a war. There's another war coming. Another war coming called the Ring of Fire. The Ring of Fire. And the Ring of Fire is ten nations. 10 nations now, right now, is preparing over there in the Holy Land. They are preparing to get 10 Confederate nations and surround Jerusalem. Yep. They're going to surround Jerusalem because this war that's going on now, the Jews are going to win it. Then after they get through with that, the nations. Ten nations are going to confederate themselves to go down and make an attack. Ten nations, and it called it the Ring of Fire. And God Almighty has already given the world a sign that is going to happen. And that sign was three or four days ago. There was an eclipse, 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 and this eclipse. It's when the moon comes in between the sun and the earth. And when the moon comes in between the sun and the earth, it covers the sun until you see a ring around the sun that the moon only could block out the whole moon, but around the moon is a thing, around the sun, excuse me, around the sun is called the ring of fire. And the ring of fire in Bible prophecy Represent The ten nations That will surround Jerusalem With a ring of fire And the ring of fire is missiles hangar grenades And bombs and fire You've seen it They're already doing it But these nations That's standing on the sideline now Is going to get confederate with the other nations And they're going to make an attack to eliminate the Jews by the ring of fire. That ain't all. After they fail that, after they fail that, they're gonna say, well, we can't get rid of them. We got we got we got we got to find a world leader that can get these countries together because we can't beat them. You can't beat a Jew. You can't! So they don't have what they had. Twenty-three times they've been seized, fifty-two times uh, uh, captured and recaptured. So now they're getting Confederate nations to come on down there and let's do it in, and it's gonna fail. Got to be sometime next year. But they're working on it. It might be this year, but I believe it's going to be next year you're going to see the ring of fire. And they're already working on it. They're already deciding what nations are going to come in and join in to encircle Jerusalem and come down on Jerusalem for the final blow. But God said, you touch Israel, you touch the apple of mine eye. You touch Israel, judgment is going to come upon you like a bullet. You touch my people and you run against them, a curse will fall on you. Read the 12th chapter of Genesis where God told Abraham, I'm going to rise up a nation that will obey, and out of thee, the families of the earth shall be blessed. How are you talking about, preacher? I'm talking about blessed with what? Salvation. Redemption. Saved from sin, death, hell, and the grave. I'm gonna send my Savior down here to redeem. That's a blessing. That's a blessing. You talking about a materialistic blessing? You talking about money and, and clothes and cars? And you talking about blessing this? But let me tell you, you ain't had a blessing until you let the Lord Jesus Christ come into your life and save your wretched soul. Because you're wretched if you ain't saved. If you don't know Jesus Christ this morning, this afternoon, you're a wretched. So Israel is getting ready for another war coming up. And when they come up on with this war, it's called the Ring of Fire. It might be, ooh, it might be a 24-hour battle. It might be a, a week's battle. But whatever battle comes forth, God will defend his people. And I believe that God is going to intervene on this year, ooh, this ring of fire. Cause I don't see nothing but nations of the Arab and Muslim getting ready to try to blow Jerusalem off the map. And the only ally that Jerusalem have is United States of America. I hope and pray that America stay with the Jew. Because if she don't, she's going down the tube. If America don't repent and turn from her wickedness and her lying and her baby killing and her whoremongering and her adultery and her all these wretched sins that America have committed before the everlasting God and defy his holy name and lie on him and talk about him and deny the cross and call the cross a waste of time. Oh, my God, America. If she don't repent, she's going to suffer a fiery judgment, a judgment that the health department will run away from. No police can stop it. No, 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 no intellectual person can stop it because God said, I am the Lord God, and I'm going to sanctify myself. And God has been accused of everything but what he is and who he is. And so what you going to do? That ain't all. After that, after the ring of fire, there's another war coming. And this war is called Gog and Magog. Woo! this is what I'm saying now. Jesus is coming. Gog and Magog war. Who's Gog and who's Magog? Who's Meshach? And who's Tovo? The Russians. Putin is Gog and Magog. Gog and Magog is going to be a World War Three. This is what these wars are building up to now. Because Russia is one of the most powerful nations on the planet other than America right now. But see, Russia will not attack Jerusalem with America around. America is still here. We still got a democracy, a little bit of it. We still got armies. We still got men. We still got planes. We we, we still got a, a lot of Christians are praying. That's what's holding the world together now praying Christians in America. Christian, I didn't say a Baptist or Presbyterian. I said Christian. I didn't say Catholic. I didn't say no denomination or no occult. I said Christian. I said born-again believer, baptized Christians who have known and felt and know in whom they believe in, and they are persuaded that he is able to take us through, and that's what's holding America together It don't take a whole lot of folks To pray for God to answer prayer It took one man To wipe out 450 false prophets Elijah went on top Of Mount Colonel They were trusting about who God you going to serve I'd like to know What God is America serving Not the God that says on the $1 bill That God we trust That's not the God I'm talking about I'm talking about a God that's a spirit, and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. I'm talking about the God of gods and the Lord of lords. I'm talking about the one that came from nowhere, but nowhere for him to come because he's everywhere. I'm talking about the all-powerful God. Russia, Gog and Magog. You can read it in the 38th and 39th chapter in the book of Ezekiel. In the book of Ezekiel, you will read how they are coming from the north, and they're going to bring five other nations with them. They can't do it now because America is still here. They can't do it now because America will stand by Israel. Thank God for that. So Russia knows not to attack Jerusalem. But I got some good news for you. I got some good news for you. When will Russia attack Jerusalem? When will that happen? Well, the only way it could happen and the only way Russia can get the nerve up to attack America, something got to happen next year. Something got to happen. What is that? There's a lot of Christians in America. I don't know how many. I don't know the number, but America's supposed to be found on a Christian basis of the biblical truths of Judaism through Christianity because Christianity came out of Judaism. How did Christianity come out of Judaism? Christian came Judaism came and then Christian. Christianity came out. When Christianity came out, somebody had to do something. Jesus Christ had to die. Because Judaism was animal sacrifice. Christianity is Jesus' sacrifice. It was animal blood, but here we got Christ's blood. And so now we're not under Judaism. We're under Christianity. Christ in you. Christ redeem you. Christ fill you with the Holy Ghost. Now you're a Christian. And it only takes one Christian to make 10,000 to fly away on your left and on your right hand. It takes one Christian, who to cause it not to rain for three and one half years. Elijah. It takes 300 faithful men. To go with Gideon and wipe out the Midianites. God don't need a whole lot of people. And America got some few Christians in America that's praying. So Russia can't do nothing right now. But guess what's gonna happen? In order for Russia to get the bold and get the get the nerve to make an attack upon Israel, the church has to be removed. Get me now. The church has to be removed from the earth. Every born-again believer from around the world will have to, to be excommunicated from earth to heaven in a moment of a twinkling of an eye. So when the rapture occurs, it will affect America. All the Christians that's born again in America will be excommunicated in a moment of a twinkling of an eye. Where did they put America? America won't have no Christians on this earth to be as strong as she is now through the Christian faith. In other words, Christians in the military, Christians, the postman, Christians in every aspect of American society and in other societies, they will be missing. And when they miss missing, it will bring America down to a third-rate nation. When the rapture occurs, when the rapture occur, whether you in your bathroom, whether you on the street, whether you in the grocery store, whether you sleep, whether you took a vacation, wherever you at, you will be excommunicated in a moment of a twinkling of an eye. You will stand before the judgment seat of Christ, which is the Bema Sea in heaven. And America will be left here with nothing but sinners. Sinners will be left here on America soil. Church members will be left here in America. Every nation will experience the rapture of the church. Because the rapture basically is for one kind of people, one kind, not two kinds, not variety of kinds. One kind of people, amen, will be gone at the rapture, born again, baptized believers that have given their life to Christ. And that means if you get saved tomorrow, if you get saved right now and the rapture happened tomorrow, you're gone. If you in prison and you get saved in prison and the rapture happened a minute after you get saved, you're gone. Babies will be gone. Christian will be gone. nobody won't be here but sinners and wicked people left here, left here on the earth, your mama, your daddy, if your mama saved you ain't oh my God, do you imagine the toil and the disaster is going to hit the earth plain flat? Falling out the sky, automobile accidents, people running to the churches trying to find out what's wrong, preaching, what happened. Don't you know what happened? No, the rapture. Oh, I don't believe in that. Hey, well, you might not believe it in it now, but I guarantee you, you might believe it after, after it happens, because a lot of people going to be deceived and thinking nothing to it, but it's going to be the rapture in America will not have the power, the churches won't be able to preach no more. There won't be no more church after the rapture, because why? The gospel is going on the outside, outside of the church buildings. You don't have to worry about blessings and uh, 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 motivation speeches and anniversaries and banquets and conventions. You don't have to worry about that no more because it ain't gonna be the focal point of the first priority. Yeah, because I'm gonna tell you what's gonna happen. The rapture is going to occur. And the dead in Christ will rise. And we that remain alive shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And when we meet the Lord in the air, it's gonna leave the earth void of saints. And when the saints are gone, then the Antichrist will rise. The Jews will believe that he is the one that's coming on the scene. But he's not coming from the sky. He's not coming from the deserts. He's not coming from nowhere. The one I'm talking about, Jesus Christ, is not coming from the desert. He's not coming from church. Service. He'll be coming from the sky, but Jesus Christ don't come until to the end of the tribulation period. The Antichrist, he comes at the beginning of the tribulation period. He will consider himself as being Jesus, and the Jews will accept him, and the Jews will tell him, do you agree with us building the temple? And the Antichrist will verify with a covenant. And this covenant will be signed by the Antichrist. And it can't be signed until the rapture of the church occurs. And when it's signed, the Jews will accept that Antichrist is being the true Christ. But he won't be. He'll give a seven-year pact. He'll tell the Jews that we're going to give you a seven year pact piece. Peace Pact. And the Antichrist said, I will protect you from all nations that surround you. I will protect you. And I will give you my covenant of signing the pact that you can rebuild the temple and that you can start your old sacrifice offering up again. And the Jews are going to believe that this is Christ, but it's not going to be Christ. And the first three and one half years, you re, you recall when I told you that the Lord God owes the Jews seven years? Well, the seven years will be handed over to the Jews at the rapture of the church because the preaching of the gospel will be done by the church. The church will be done with the ministry of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We will be in heaven receiving our rewards and praising God and worshiping him in spirit, will be gone. G-O-N-E, gone. And then judgment will fall upon earth. The signing of the pact by the Antichrist. Sixth chapter of Revelation says that the Antichrist will come riding on a white horse. Now listen, don't look in the sky and try to find a white horse. This is a symbolic of the Antichrist riding on a white horse because a horse represents victory. Victory. The whiteness represents false religion. Good on the outside, but corrupt on the inside. And the Antichrist will come with peace and safety. Sign the pact. That will begin the seven-year tribulation. When he signs the pact, he goes out to conquer. When he gets to conquer, a black horse, a red horse comes. The red horse represents war. That red horse represents World War III. That Russia will start up because this war that's going on now will not be successful in deteriorating Jerusalem. The ring of fire and the war that's going on now will not be victorious for the Arab nations. After the rapture of the church, America cannot be able to to help the America uh, help Israel. And Russia, ooh, here we go, Russia. I don't know how many Christians are in Russia. I don't know, but they got a secret. Meeting. They're not allowed to have churches. They're not allowed to have Jesus Christ uh, on their car. They're not allowed to have church meetings. They're behind the iron curtain. But I don't know, but I know God got some Christians in Russia. I don't know how many, but the rapture will not affect them as much as it does America. Why? Because we supposed to be. Lord, have mercy. We're supposed to be so-called a Christian nation, but we live like heathens. We live any kind of old way. We say any kind of old thing. We go to church any time we want to. We we cuss God out and cuss everybody out and then go to church. We sing, shout, commit fornication, and then go to church. Whoa! But when the rapture comes, America is going to feel the vacuum of the saints of God. And Russia is going to say, look at the turmoil that's going on in Russia. I mean, going on in America. The democracy is dwindling. They don't pray to the God of heaven. They don't worship the God. Look how they live. And guess what? Russia is going to get an evil thought. And the evil thought is going to be this. Now we can go down on the holy mountains of God, and we can deteriorate and capture Jerusalem and take control of the Middle East. That's the plan. That's the plan. By by next year, by next year, Russia. Is moving into a position to gather five nations with them. Let me tell you something. Five nations, next year. These five nations, let me name them. Let me name them for you. Please let me name them. In the 38th chapter of the book of Ezekiel, 38-4, We'll go 38, 3. It says, And say, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against thee, O God, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal. This is God talking to Russia. I will turn thee back and put hooks in your jaws, in thy jaws. I will bring thee forth and all thine army, horses and horsemen, all of them clothed. With all sorts of armor, even a great company of bucklers and shields, all of them handling swords. Listen at the nations. Listen to me what I'm saying. I'm coming from the word of God. Not not this ain't me. Uh Uh-uh. I couldn't if God didn't call me to preach this, I couldn't preach it. But he's telling this in the book of Ezekiel. He said, Persia, that's Iraq. Ethiopia, that's Africa. Libya, that's in Africa all of them with shield and helmet, Gomer, that's in Germany, and all his bands, and the house of Togomar, that's Turkey, and the northern quarters of Togomar, and many people with thee. Be thou prepared and prepare thyself, thou and all thy company, and all assembly unto thee, and thou be a garden This is Ezekiel in the 38th chapter of the book of Ezekiel talking about World War III. The main aim is for Russia to do is go down and take the oil, take the potash, which is fertilizer, take all control of the Middle East and get rid of Israel. That's their plan. And they picked a time in which America cannot be able to help them. Like we're helping them now. I wish we could help them more. I pray that they get some help real quick. Because on this battle, America and no, listen, 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 no other nation will have the gall enough to go against Russia. No of the nation on the planet will be able to go against Russia. China ain't gonna go against Russia. These small countries, Venezuela and and, and Canada, and these folks ain't going to be able to touch Russia. Russia got bombs that can kill you kill you seven times over. In other words, it could wipe out the population of certain areas of the earth seven times. So Russia, which is the bear, don't want to mess with Russia. The only one that might mess with Russia now is America, and at this time, America will not be in the position because of the rapture of the church. And since the rapture of the church has occurred, America will be in a state of confusion, trying to regroup from what gonna happen. Don't you realize what's going to happen? you sitting around here, oh, what's going to happen to the world? Oh, it's coming to an end. No, the world ain't coming to an end. What it is, is judgment is coming on the face of the earth. And people are not even concerned about it. People ducking their heads. People going into all kinds of frenzy. People on drugs and on alcohol and on the sex scene. Folks are having a form of garlic and no power. People are crying. Babies are dying. Woo! People are shooting and killing and jumping off of buildings. People are going mad because Christ is getting ready to come back. And it ain't going to be long. You're going to look for me, and I'm going to be gone. Gone where? I'm going to meet Jesus Christ. I ain't thinking about all this stuff going down here. I'm concerned about it. I'm concerned about people's soul. Are you saved today? Do you know Jesus Christ? If you die today, I died tonight, and let me tell you, you ain't got no guarantee. I ain't got no guarantee I'll be here tomorrow. You ain't got no guarantee you're going to be here tomorrow. You're an insufficient individual person that if you don't have God in your life, you ain't got nothing. And nothing from nothing leaves nothing. And you got to have something. To ha- you got to have something and know something to know. Where you get ready to go if you accept christ if you don't accept christ you know where you're going if you don't know jesus christ you know where you're going you're going to hell not because i want you to go not because i'm jumping up and down no i'm i i'm, I'm concerned about what you believe and what you are facing your faith on you're facing your faith on jesus christ Go ahead and do it. i have shout up and down for it. Trust him. Rely on him. Depend upon him. Open him. Let him know, Lord, I'm a wretched old sinner. I'm an old backslider. I don't backslid. Lord, I'm a hypocrite. I'm pretending. You need to come on and get right with the Lord. Tonight, today. Don't wait. What I'm saying, you want to know the answer why are we having these wars and why this year war was started 14 days ago over there in Jerusalem. Christ is getting ready to come back and Jerusalem has to be here and the Jews will have to be in control of Jerusalem as far as the end time because when Christ comes back, when Christ comes back, At the end of the seven-year tribulation that will fulfill the 490 years that God said, I'm going to deal with my people, a remnant of the Jewish nation will be saved, and Jerusalem will be here. And Christ, listen to this now, Christ will stand on the top of the Mount of Olives and come back and eliminate the devil and put him in the bottom of his pit and fight the last war, which will be all nations, will meet the Lord God Almighty, his son, Jesus Christ, at the Battle of Armageddon. The Battle of Armageddon is when all nations will come against, G, uh, come against Jerusalem and Jesus Christ will come back with the church On a white horse. Get with me, please. On a white horse, because he's going to open up the sky wide. And the moon going to turn to blood. And the sun's going to refuse to shine. And the earth is going to shake. Sixth chapter of Revelation says it's going to shake. And the sun's going to go out till men will cry out to the mountains. The mountains fall on the highest from the one that sits on the throne. It's going to be a time. you talk talking about a time. The partying will be over. The church going will be over. The prayer meeting will be over. The fasting and praying will be over. Woo! Wars were end at the Battle of Armageddon. That will be the last war on this side of the millennium reign. After the millennium reign is over, there's going to be one more war. Lord, have mercy. Do y'all understand what I'm saying? So don't try to new, don't try to read the newspaper and, and exclude it away. When you hear the TV coming on and they say they don't drop another bomb and another baby that being killed, that ain't gonna, that ain't gonna, that ain't gonna stop. Bloodshed everywhere. People wonder why, why, Jesus Christ is getting ready to come back. And me, I've been preaching this gospel for 58 years. Just like I'm doing it now. I ain't dropped a beat, I ain't skipped a beat, and I ain't jumping no rope. I believe with all that I know and all that I God revealed to me, next year, next year, next year, there's going to be a havoc that sweep over this earth. There's going to be times and times of trouble. People are going to, eyes are going to open up wide. Preachers are going to be repenting. For not pushing the cross of Christ, the sanctification of Christ, the justification of Christ, the holy living of Christ. They're going to repent. They said, Lord, we didn't come out of Revelation because we didn't think you don't want us to know. God wants you to know the whole Bible and know what's going, what's going to happen so you can prepare yourself to meet the living God. Because you're going to meet him. Oh, yeah. You're going to meet it. You might get away but there's a warrant out for you. At the judgment time, there's a warrant out. And God don't miss nobody. My friends, let me tell you something. I'm serious. as a heart attack. And if I knew I was going to have a heart attack right now, I'd say, Lord, don't let me have it until I get through with this session tonight. You want to know why this fighting in Jerusalem? Because the devil says, I want to rule the world. I'm going to get rid of these cracker jo- um, crack box Jews. i got to get rid of them because I don't, I, I, you know what the devil said? I don't send Hitler. I don't send the Spanish Inquisition. I don't send Russia. I don't send every nation that I can find to wipe these folks out. That's the devil now. I want to wipe them out because I want to rule. The devil would tell you, I wanted to rule heaven, and I got thrown out. And when I got thrown out, God put Adam and Eve in the garden, and, and 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 I said, I got to get up in here. I got to get up in here and get these two people to sin against God, to disobey God, so I can take over the human the the the, uh, the the human race that I can rule the human race. He did that. Now he's telling the world that he's going to get rid of the Jews. You're a lying wonder. I talked to him face to face. You're a lying wonder. God said, I'm the victor. I'm the king. I'm the Lord. I'm the glory. At the end of the tribulation period, God is going to bind Satan. 20th chapter of Revelation. He's going to bind Satan in the bottomless pit for what? 1,000 years. 1,000 years. He's going to handcuff him. And he's going to take all his demons that's on the loose right now. And the devil's loose. He ain't in hell. He's the prince power of the He rules in high places. He rules in the government. He's trying to rule the church. He's trying to rule you. You can tell him, take a flying leap. Jesus Christ is the only way that you can escape it. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus is my hope and my glory. Yeah, I know it seems rough sometimes. Mm -hmm. You may be having problems in your home. You may be having problems on your job, but after a while, when the world is unfit to live in, after a while, John the Revelator said, in the 10th chapter of Revelation, I'm getting ready to close. After a while, I seen an angel come down. From heaven with one foot on land and one on sea. I've seen him with a little book in his hand uh, that says, uh, time, time that now shall be no longer. Yeah, somebody asked me a question the other day. Say, oh, "Who going to preach the gospel mm-hmm. when Jesus gets to church? Yeah, but I said, don't worry about that. Go to the book. Of Revelation at the 7th chapter, you'll find that John said, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, and i get ready to bring judgment on the world, but he said, don't do nothing yet. I got to do something. He said, I'm going to seal 144,000 Jews. Who going to preach the gospel when the church is gone? Good God Almighty. Somebody said 144,000. John said, I got 12,000 from Judah. yeah. Yeah, Lord have mercy. I got twelve thousand from Reuben. Yeah. And I got twelve thousand more. hmm And they're coming from the twelfth tribe of Israel. I'm coming after a while. He said from twelve thousand I got mm, I got I got listen here. Listen here what I'm saying. I got twelve thousand uh that's coming from Reuben. I got 12,000 that's coming from Gad. I got 12,000 coming from Asher. I got 12,000 coming from Nephilim. I got 12,000 coming from Manasseh. I got 12,000 coming from Simon, Simeon. I got 12,000 coming from Levi. I got 12,000 coming from Issachar. I got 12,000 coming from Zebulun. I got 12,000 coming from Joseph. I got 12,000 coming from Benjamin. And if you multiply that, you got 12 times 12,000, and you get 144,000. Well, the twelve tribe of Israel will be preaching the gospel of the kingdom after the church. Yeah, after the church is gone. They're going to be preaching for They're going to be preaching for three and one half years. They're going to be preaching for 42 months. They're going to be preaching for 1,260 days. And they're going to preach that Jesus uh, is coming back, and and he's coming back to set up the millennial kingdom. Whoa, yeah. And then after they get through preaching for the three and one half years, uh, John said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. He said, "Uh, I see something that I've never seen before. I see. I see a number that no man can number. Where did these come from, and who are they? And they said, "Don't you know where they come from?" He said, "No." And he said, "Look at him." He said, "Beheld, I saw a great multitude which no man can number, of all nations, from the black nation, from the white nation, from the Chinese nation, from the Russian nation. I see a multitude which no man can number of all nations and kindreds and." tongues, and languages, and they said they stood before the throne of the Lamb, clothed in white robes, yeah, and palms in their hands. Thank God, thank God, there won't be no racial indiscrimination at this preaching. I don't care if you're white or black or yellow. I don't care if you're poor. If you want to drink a water, Mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about a white fountain or a black fountain that tell me Jesus said he's that living water come on and get a drink and this number my God, my God this number, this number that accepted Jesus Christ after the rapture of the church this number that no man could number will be a worldwide revival God will revive those that hear the gospel from the Jewish nation Now the Jews are going to preach the gospel for 1,000. 260 days around the clock, 24-7. It'll be on the internet. It'll be on active fiber. It'll be on, woo! It'll be on megabytes and trigabytes. It'll be around the world. And people will hear it on the cell phone. They'll hear it on the YouTube. They'll hear it on Twitter. They'll hear it on uh, TikTok. They're going to hear it. Good God Almighty. Yes, they're going to hear it because the gospel will be preached for the first three and one-half years. And guess what? Satan said, this is why I was determined to get rid of the Jews and get rid of Jerusalem. This is why I'm fighting against the Jewish people and want their land. This is why the political world can't do nothing about it. This is why the world of economics can't do nothing about it. This is why the religious world got to stand on the sideline and just look at what God is going to do with the Jewish people. He's going to use them. He's going to glorify them. He's going to let them know, these are my people, and this is the seven years that I owe them from 490 years, and they're going to preach the gospel. And Millions of people will accept Jesus Christ during their money.